Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. It's been a while since the last episode and this one's a bit long, so I'm just going to dive right into it. And now, your number one source for what's happening in Canada today. From the mind that brought you 222 minutes, this is my 222 cents. Three, two, one. All right, let's talk the election real quick. First off, can we all agree that we hate this whole fucking thing? At an estimated cost of $600 million for four years of governance and two of them already covered by the previous election, this is, mathematically speaking, a $300 million power grab for Justin Trudeau. And yet, many people still support him. This is the man who just had another blackface picture show up literally days before the election. And let's be honest, we've probably all forgotten about it by now because it's happened so many goddamn times that Justin Trudeau and blackface isn't even news anymore. Not only that, but in the new blackface picture, he was making his tongue out face. Justin Trudeau has worn blackface so many times that he literally has a blackface face and it gets shrugged off by the most progressive people in this country? What in the cognitive dissonant fuck is wrong with these a-holes? Justin Trudeau needs to sail off into the sunset, especially since he's on the East Coast, so sailing west into the sunset would make him crash into a bunch of fucking rocks. Our members of parliament are currently fighting over whether or not they should be allowed to attend parliament remotely. The conservatives don't want it to happen because they think the liberals won't bother showing up as if that's ever stopped them before. Laurel Collins, NDP MP for Victoria, gave a speech with her weird-looking baby in tow about how she's a new mom and we need to make concessions for that. Seriously. Not only is it a ginger, but its head is so fucking huge that its eyebrows aren't even halfway up its skull. At seven months, it probably has more firing synopses than the entire NDP caucus. Listen, lady, you took a job that pays $186,000 a year in exchange for extensive travel that had you campaigning when that daywalking bastard was three months old. You get paid enough to figure this out on your own. And while I'm all for having us do what we can to have the best people representing us, if you're the kind of person who demands special treatment in your first week back on the job, that probably isn't you. I mean, imagine trying to pull this shit with an actual company where people depend on you, your absence would be missed, and the people paying your bills would hold you accountable. But then again... These are the same people who take the summers off because they had a vote and decided to take the summers off. I mean, honestly, if this whole working mother thing is such an inconvenience, why don't you see if the Canadian taxpayers will give you a condom allowance? Alexa, play Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. Liberal MP for Canada Carleton, Jenna Suds, wrote an eight-tweet thread about why it should happen without even mentioning taxpayer savings. And here's the other problem I have with this. Zoom calls are a hell of a lot cheaper than constant flights, living expenses, and paid meals. This is a good thing, and we should be pushing for it regardless of whose idea it is. But if that entire line of thinking doesn't even occur to you, you may have gotten into politics for the wrong reasons. This is the same kind of thing as printing money, 
Lots of conservative and libertarian-minded people don't want governments to move towards digital currency. What they don't take into account, however, is that as of 2017, it costed 23 cents, not including the pension liability associated with the labor required to make a paper bill. The money we pay the Royal Canadian Mint to make our money is a giant ongoing expense and we'd be better off scrapping the concept entirely. Look, I get the fact that the government is far too deep in our personal lives already, but that's a reflection of the parties, not the principle. And if we can save a few bajillion dollars here and there by not printing up a bunch of cash that just sits in vaults anyway, why not? So the UN Climate Change Summit wrapped up in Glasgow, Scotland. And maybe you're thinking, triple deuce, didn't that thing finish a long-ass time ago? Fuck no. That behemoth went on for two goddamn weeks. This cult conference was infested with private jets, long motorcades, fleets of sedans doing short shuttling, and all kinds of greenhouse gas-emitting extravagance. And maybe you're thinking, twos, aren't they being assholes? Fuck yes, but I'll be damned if I can't think of a group of more ardent supporters of natural resource development. This whole thing could have been an email, but they chose instead to burn as much aviation fuel as humanly possible to make it happen. Canada alone sent over 300 delegates. If you work in oil and gas in Canada, you should be writing Justin Trudeau a thank you note. These aren't normal or rational people we're talking about here. They had crazy eyes even before the single malt scotch started flowing, and I don't doubt for a second that a lot of them were drank with a splash of Mountain Dew. This was a chance for the elite among them to shake each other's hands and tell everybody how awesome they are. Leonardo DiCaprio was there. The same Leonardo DiCaprio who's broken more hearts than Pfizer. Get it? The joke, I mean, not myocarditis. Just imagine how his conversation with Trudeau would have gone. Hey man, you're such a great actor. I love how you can get in front of a camera, embrace the role you're given, and pull it all off convincingly. Oh, um, thanks, um, Leo. You were great in that boat ship Waterberg sort of movie. Not to leave it there, Leo DeBang and 18 year olds followed up with a particularly vapid tweet. He said, quote, After setting up a blockade to protect their land, community, and sacred headwaters, Wesden Qua from Coastal Gas Link's planned fracked gas pipeline, the Wet'suwet'en nation has faced militarized raids from the RCMP. We must protect the rights of land defenders. Now, I'm not usually one for quoting other people's thoughts on here, but this one is exemplary. Ellis Ross, a First Nations BC MLA, wrote a scathing open letter to Leo in the National Post that he ended as follows, quote, there is much more to British Columbia than you have seen on your movie sets or Twitter feed, so I hope you accept my invitation, and please choose to fly commercial and not on a private jet when you visit. We must all do our part to control emissions. Man, that was just perfect. Catherine McKenna, Canada's disgraced former Minister of Environment and Climate Change, tweeted about how she flew across the motherfucking Atlantic Ocean to take part in a Zoom call. She's saving the world from climate change one first-class flight at a time. This isn't about making the world a better place. This is about banging climate groupies. 
And the weirdest part about it is that Elizabeth May was the hottest chick there. I mean, if you're going to start a doomsday cult with a hedonistic annual conference, at least try and recruit some chicks that don't have nipple hair, am I right? And right now you're wondering how I know this is some kind of weird sex cult. I'll be honest, I don't know for sure. But I can tell you that this blind fanaticism is very cultish, and every cult from the People's Temple to Nexium ends up being a sex cult. I'm calling this now. In 2045, some unattractive middle-aged woman is going to release a tell-all book about taxpayer-fueled orgies, weird kinks in penthouse hotel rooms, and some mid-level intern using a line like, Won't you do it for the planet? And let's be honest. If the Canadian taxpayers weren't footing the bill for this shit show, it would have had about 298 fewer delegates. No amount of money spent grandstanding about pet causes is ever spent poorly in the eyes of this government. But let's forget about that for a second. We have more important things to worry about right now, like the catastrophic weather in BC that's closing off roads, wrecking havoc, and devastating modern infrastructure. Let's take this opportunity to dive into some hardcore environmentalist extremist logic. 1. Climate change causes extreme weather events, which, it needs to be said, is not backed up by scientific data. But let's give them the benefit of the doubt. This is their logic. 1. Climate change causes extreme weather events. 2. Burning of fossil fuels causes climate change. 3. Airplanes burn fossil fuels. 4. These assholes didn't exactly swim to fucking Glasgow, now did they? 5. Extreme weather events happened a week later. Therefore, by their own logic, these self-aggrandizing fuckwits with windmills for brains caused this latest climate catastrophe. I can't wait to see what improved clinch knot with a double half hitch on a running bowline they have to twist their logic into to rationalize this one without being either the bad guys or total fucking dumbasses. Breaking news. Former actor Kevin Spacey has been ordered to pay $31 million in damages to the movie studio in charge of House of Cards for the fallout of his sex scandals that ended with the series being cancelled. It's good to know that in a world where theaters sit empty, movie studios are still able to find new ways to generate revenue. An interesting thing happened when Serb came around. The Canadian government paid people to sit at home, and coincidentally, we had labor shortages. Weird, right? It seems that even high-paying jobs for things like manual labor can't be filled, let alone jobs like servers, busboys, and people working the antiquatedly named cash registers. And to add insult to injury, there have been a lot of articles written recently by so-called journalists whose wages are paid by government subsidies saying that it's the fault of the evil corporations. You know, the corporations that aren't Pfizer or Moderna, that these jobs can't be filled because the wages aren't high enough. Think about it this way. There's a principle in accounting that says that when you're looking at the viability of a venture, you look at what changes. It's like if you're thinking about changing cell phone providers, you don't include your power bill because it doesn't change and the math gets a lot simpler. Now apply this to the idea of people being paid to watch YouTube. On the one hand, the government will pay you $2,000 a month no matter what. 
You can walk in the park. You can write conservative slam poetry. You can play video games while you hit a bong all day long. Or you can take on a job. Let's say it's a good old-fashioned blue-collar job that has you working long hours in the great outdoors. You're just a kid, so you might work 200 hours a month, rain or shine, heat or cold. And maybe that job makes you four grand a month. That's decent money to start out somewhere. But you'd already be getting two grand to do sweet fuck all, so that job's effective wage becomes four grand minus two grand, or $2,000. Now, for those 200 hours you worked, you end up getting $10 an hour. Who in their right goddamn mind would be willing to sling a wrench in the elements for 10 bucks an hour? Not many people. And so, while our benevolent government is patronizingly shielding us from the real world with IOUs our grandkids are going to bequeath to their grandkids, work isn't getting done, and prices keep going up. Yes, this is one of the causes of recent inflation. Think about it. Companies have to mark up their goods and services. If the labor portion of their costs is rising rapidly because of government handouts, the marked-up price will as well. Why? Because if they don't, the few that are still open at this point will go out of business and be on CERB right beside everyone else. And you know what else is causing inflation? Taxes, specifically the carbon tax. This is an increase that is sudden given its severity and it affects every part of the supply chain. Keywords in supply chain being supply and chain. Every part of it where something moves from one place to another is powered by fossil fuels. And like I said, when you make the cost of delivering a good or service more expensive, the cost for it goes up. We've seen article after article saying how important it is to have a carbon tax. We need it. It'll save the planet. How? By making things artificially more expensive so that we buy less of it. Then we see these same idiotic journalists writing other articles wondering how things could have possibly become so expensive. Hell, even the BC NDP conducted a study as to why gas prices were so expensive, a study that wasn't permitted to take the carbon tax into effect. Hmm, I fucking wonder how that went. Listen, you fucking mumps. I get that you people have inverted nervous systems that put your brains in conspicuous places, but even you should be able to figure out that the logical conclusion of the government making things more expensive is that things become more expensive. Rex Murphy was being Rex Murphy again. He wrote another common sense article that called out our idiotic overlords and immediately trended. And as always, it got a bunch of ignorant people in a tissy. Rex Murphy is a goddamn national treasure. The man is an unending torrent of well-thought-out ideas and perhaps one of the most eloquent people in this entire vast nation. And Newfies, I loves ya, but to hear so many powerfully articulate statements in yarn-narn speech is both jarring and delightful. The man churns out magnum opera in much the same way that Justin Trudeau cultivates new scandals. A glorious point of pontification is that this giant among men, this literary Adonis, is constantly vilified by the ardently unwashed masses of the left. And to that, he cares not a whit. The man is a steadfast sailor in a troubled sea of turpitude and remains entirely unfazed by the grumblings of lesser mortals. And therein lies his excellence. 
while far too many nearly noteworthy people hobble themselves with bowing and scraping to the limitless void of cancel harpies and their ceaseless demands for blood sacrifice on the altar of momentary outrage, this man makes no excuses for the fact that he sees the world at a far greater magnification than their intentionally unfashionable eyewear can ever aspire to equal and speaks more profoundly than their dry-cleaned and wrinkle-free brains could ever strive to formulate. And in said light is where this titan stands proudly. For every article he meticulously produces offhandedly, there are a gaggle of furiously petulant children above legal drinking age who demand his resignation, cancellation, and castration. And into that inferno worthy of Dante himself, he stands resolute, like a monument to all things sane constructed from San Sara marble. You see, kind listener, the yelling never dissipates, it does not subside, it does not diminish, and in the face of all this he gives, to the seventeenth decimal place, exactly zero fucks. And whilst they unabashedly attack his character and his voice and his overwhelmingly sane persona, nary a single of the multitude of cretinous naysayers ever set foot on the battlefield of ideas and take his thoughts on head to head, for they know in a dark place they could never acknowledge that their vapid screams of discontent would be squashed entirely by his daunting intellect. And therein lies the crux of the matter. Irrespective of the slings and arrows they endeavor to make him suffer, not a one among them is willing to test their mettle against such a vastly superior entity, for they are beings meant to survive if not thrive, and their primal, in their case also major, instincts impress upon them that a fair fight of grey matter would leave them as completely incapacitated as David without a sling. According to a poorly worded global news headline, quote, the Ontario Liberal Party has moved to only allow women to run for the nomination in more than 20 of its ridings in an effort to improve gender equity in its caucus. To be clear, the Liberals are not restricting women to 20-something ridings. Those ridings are where only women will be allowed to run. Jesus fucking Christ, maybe we should start paying these idiots in grammar lessons. Anyway, hamstringing potential representatives is not only a stupid idea, it also says without saying it that the only way women can compete is if you take everyone else off the board. I mean, what if someone from one of the other 86 genders wants to put their pussy hat into the ring? Why do they even think this is a good idea? Didn't they learn their lesson with Kathleen Wynne? I feel like the only way this could be more patronizing is if they took all the big words out of the application forms so that women and their little brains can figure them out. So there's a new variant, or as we used to call them before we tried to make everything about it as scary as possible, strain. This one has been called Omicron by the World Health Organization, who skipped over the Greek letter G, which is the latest in a seemingly unending string of attempts to please China and their leader, Xi Jinping. This supposedly apolitical organization refused to acknowledge Taiwan as an independent entity at the start of this outbreak. They went overboard with saying that pointing any fingers at China for possibly releasing a virus from the Wuhan coronavirus lab was racist, and that closing any borders to travel from China was also racist. 
In fact, when this first started happening, Patty Hajdu, then Canadian Minister of Health, said that, quote, border measures are actually highly ineffective and in some cases can create harm. Of course, now that the new variant is coming from Africa, we can close off our flights to black people and that's somehow no longer racist according to some incredibly dubious logic. Look, media, I get the fact that you don't exist without government bailouts, but asking them about directly contradictory statements is just about the easiest thing you could possibly do and it's been sorely lacking since the first day we found out that a virus definitely didn't come from a lab in China. Well folks, that's it for now. I got to thinking as I did this that I haven't really gotten deep into the wet sweat and coastal gas link issue. So let me know if you want to hear more about it or anything else. I feel like I'm kind of good at talking, but that's just my 222 cents. Alexa, stop, stop, don't play that.